yeah, well, it's different. I just thought it might be a bit of a better dynamic like this, you know? Um, I don't know what that means. It feels weird because I'm on that side. Hey, Sam. Hey, Jack. Who have we got coming on the show today? We've got Kate. Right. Tell me about Kate. Kate is in the sober community on, on Instagram, walking the straight line. Sorry, I've been rude then. Okay, I well, didn't realise you literally lived together on the same couch. Absolutely not. No, I, I, could, I could never live with Sam. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're looking, even with his dapper new beard trim. Yeah, he looks like a tramp. <laughs> but the, the main thing is that, even though it looks terrible, means I... It's for charity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was more for pride than anything. I'm not a beard fan, not a big one. Oh, no. Feels like you're, hi you're hiding something. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> How are you? We're good. We're good. You haven't met Jack before, have you? No. Hello. Which makes it more funny that you just insulted his beard. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know me. Listen, can you imagine me drunk when I'm like this? When I'm so <laughs> I was an absolute liability. Yeah. Like, run and hide. But, yeah, no, I'm... Um, I'm sure I'm on the spectrum somewhere. I just can't. I just say what I think. It's yeah. quite nice, really. I like to think it's endearing yeah, rather than rude. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's what I call it as well. I'm endearing. Yeah. <laughs> what old dearing? <laughs> well, that's a I've bad joke. I've met you before because I was on your podcast, and we've done a lot yeah. of things, haven't we? But. I yes, in person, but hopefully one day we will. But I just wanted yeah. to come on today and um, give you the opportunity to tell your story. Really, um, I know you're you're a big, big part of the sober community on Instagram, um, which has helped me and has helped you and helps plenty of other people. Um, I've heard clips of your stories and seen your very creative reels and and the posts you do and stuff. And uh, but I wanted to hear your story from the start. To, to how bad things got and how um, things are now you're in sobriety. So take it you away. Let's just start talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kate. No, no. So, um, I mean, really, I'll, if, I'll set the scene. So I, I grew up in London in a, in a kind of very big and busy house. I've got three siblings. My parents had four kids in five years. So we were literally every year at school, the headmistress hated us. We were, my dad was, a publisher so our house was full of authors and illustrators um so yeah I'll have, we we had like a big house and it was full of people all the time really interesting creative people like Roald Dahl for example and Doris Lessing and Quentin Blake and people sitting always around the the table just talking and of course there was drink there was always gin and tonics before dinner wine whiskey and as a kid, you watch this and of course you think it's, it's totally normal because everyone's doing it. Everyone you know, every adult, they were laughing, they'd get merrier and merrier. It was like in the sort of adult sweet shop, all these different colored bottles. Um, and I just thought, well, that looks really fun. So even when I was seven, eight, nine years old, I was already anticipating the day that I'd be able to drink um, and be like these people. So as I as I grew up, I think as soon I have always been really tall. I'm five eleven, and I was really tall as a as a teenager. So by the time I was fourteen, I could get into pubs, 
I could get sold alcohol and I basically was buying super tenants and going and in, breaking into the local playing fields with my friends and smoking, drinking and putting music on until there was nothing left to drink. Um, and that sort of just progressed. It just never stopped. It was just something that once we were old enough, we then started drinking in the local bars you know, the pubs, when we were actually legally old enough, we'd go further into London. So, you know, that just progressed and it went from, you know, as soon as we were old enough to drink in pubs, we'd stop going to the crappy locals and we'd go further into town. We'd go to wine bars. We'd all get, once we got jobs, we had a bit more money. We had, and it just went on and on. And I, I worked in media. I'm a writer and I used to write Disney comics. Um, and you know, I was in this incredible environment full of creative people. We went to the pub every day at work for an hour. Some people would drink half a pint. Some people would manage to drink two pints. And then we'd go to the pub every day after work. And I remember working in one place where there was a, a tab at the local pub because they were like, you lot are so much more creative when you're pissed. I mean, that's almost like poisoning your staff to get work out of them isn't it and I look back on that and I just think I was so excited when I when I was working there because I thought this is amazing and my friends were so jealous but looking back it's it's not it's not good at all but I was you know even then I would get blackout drunk I wouldn't remember parts of the evening I wouldn't mem remember conversations I'd wake up covered in bruises you know and I had my mum used to say I was allergic to alcohol but I wasn't I'm just an incredibly quick drinker I do everything quickly I eat quickly I work quickly my mind races and I used to drink a glass of wine and the time other people had had a couple of sips and I'd be on my second one so by the time I realized that I was getting drunk I still had two glasses of wine to hit my system by which point my eyes went to that kind of oh god Kate's gone we're gonna have to try and get get her home and it basically just went on and on to the point where I I thought my god you know I'm not I'm, I'm literally always drinking every single night and I'm waking up and I'm managing to go to work but I went I lived in New York for a bit I lived in Rome and Italy for a bit and I just traveled but I realized I wasn't growing at all because I don't think you really can when your aim of every day is to get to a bar or to a pub that evening. And I would drink at home as well. I never saw anything wrong with that. You hear people saying, once I started drinking alone, I knew it, it was bad. But I, I would have a glass of wine when I was 17 at home studying for my A-levels. And I, I really genuinely did not think there was anything wrong with that. Um, so it just progressed and, and eventually I got pregnant and I've got two kids and I stopped for nine months for each of those, but then as soon as, you know, they were a few months old, off it went again, mummy wine culture. And all my friends would get together with their babies and we'd all get drunk, basically. And it was just everywhere. And it it wasn't until my kids were sort of, oh, Sam, what was I saying? We were talking about this the other day. They must have been about um, 10 and 11. And I just realized I was really unhappy. I was drinking, you know, a bottle of wine a night on average. And I was just like, who, what am I doing with my life? I have not fulfilled any goals. I don't have any dreams. I look dreadful. My face is puffy. I'm overweight. I'm unhappy. I wake up every morning saying, 
Why have you done this again? I hate myself. I'm, I'm, I'm a really happy and confident person on the outside, but I was just stunted. I think that's the only word I can think of it. And I had been for 20 years. I was like, what the fuck have I done? I have literally worked to get drunk, recovered, worked to get drunk. And I've done it in different cities and I've met some amazing people and I have had great fun, but, but I haven't grown. I haven't changed. I have no hobbies. My only hobbies were drinking. I mean, it, it that is the truth of it. And I got, it was the 20th of December and we had a house full of alcohol a couple of years ago. And I got really drunk and I pulled out my phone and I recorded myself and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was slurring my words, which I always did. And I basically just said, stop doing this to yourself. This is not you. This stuff is poisoning you. It's ruining your life. Please, please stop doing this to me. And there's something about begging your sober self to stop that you have to take notice of because in the morning I only could manage to watch about 30 seconds of it and actually I did not watch the whole five minutes of it for a year because it made me feel so physically ill to think about watching it but I did watch a bit and I have not had a drink since because I think you've got rock bottom when something happens and, and don't get me wrong I have been hit by a car to the point I should have broken both with my legs but I didn't because I was so drunk I've been in car accidents I have fallen through glass doors I have been cut and bruised and you know messed up my knee I've done so much stuff but none of that stopped me but sometimes your rock bottom you crawl down it step by step you don't fall it's not a massive impact and for me that's what it was like it was lots and lots of little steps every day for so many years and I just thought I am disgusted with who I am I am not happy. I'm not progressing. I'm going to die and look back and go, I wasted all of that. And, and that was it. Did you ask a question? Have I just been chatting? Uh, no, I love, this is why I like doing lives and stuff with you. I don't have to do much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was going to say is that I've, I've heard you, I don't think you've spoke to me about that um, video you've got. I've, I think I've heard it on a different podcast I've listened to with you on before, but it's very powerful. You must have subconsciously known that you were going to watch that and get, and have a message to yourself. Like, what what was your thoughts behind that? Do you? I mean, I don't that? remember what I was thinking when I did it, but I I think by that time I was pretty desperate in that I knew I needed to stop. You know. And you can do all these online quizzes, can't you? Am I an alcoholic? No, I don't drink during the day. Yes, I can have a day off without getting the shakes. Oh, that's fine. And, and no one ever said to me, I think you've got a problem with, with drinking. You should stop. I, you know, my kids were clean and went to school on time. I did my job. It was me. It was in my head. But it was de I was deteriorating and I was... I just did not like myself. I I never woke up thinking, what's the, what's ahead? Or well done. I woke up thinking, oh my God, what have I done? Have I done anything to embarrass myself? Have I had an argument I didn't need to have? And it, I, I always said, well, I don't get depression, depression. I'm not anxious. But now that I've stopped, I realized there was this dark cloak over me constantly because it takes so long for alcohol to get out of your system. I basically had alcohol in my system my whole adult life because I never went long enough without it to be clear of it. 
And that's terrifying. So I didn't actually know what I was interested in or how I would react in a certain way or what I thought about this or, you know, what I found interesting, how I how I composed myself in an evening or what I even wanted to do in an evening when, when I wasn't searching for alcohol some way. So it's been a kind of, I knew I was missing all of that in my life. And I think I was getting really fed up of those constant thoughts and the constant lack of approval I was giving myself. And I could see, I could see physically, you know, I'm in my forties, I'm not a spring chicken. And I thought if I don't sort this out now, it's going to be too late. Um, and so I think I did know what I was doing. And I think it was a desperate act because I needed a kick up the ass. I needed something that was actually going to scare me. And I was, and I don't get scared in dangerous situations. You know, I jump into shark infested waters and work out how I'm going to get back. That excites me. That's how I deal with life. I don't think about it. I go for it and I go, let's see how I can get out. And that's why alcohol was dangerous because I, whatever it threw at me, I just took it in my stride and I just went, oh, look, I'm still here. Whereas seeing yourself in this state, crying, seriously upset, begging yourself, that's a kind of emotional wake up call that I couldn't ignore. And I think my subconscious knew that that was what I needed. And I'm so glad I did it. I don't know if you've ever filmed yourself because that's the first time I had ever done that. So I had never actually heard myself speaking um, yeah, powerful. I used to have all the mirrors turned round at my old place. I don't know if other people have heard it, but I smashed a mirror in my old flat, and all my other mirrors were turned round because I couldn't bear to look at myself. So I really relate, relate in that way. Yeah, I wouldn't look at myself for a long time. And when I did um, go to the shops or 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 venture around the streets, and I caught my reflection in. A car, windows, a or yeah, I used to hate it. It really like like bother me. Yeah, so I can relate definitely. Like seeing seeing yourself in in a certain state. But, well, you can't. You can hide from everything. You you become very defensive, and I don't know what how you two were, and I and I you know I I don't know a lot of your stories, but for me, I was very defensive about if anyone mentioned alcohol or my behavior or anything and it's because I was embarrassed and I had no answer but when you're saying it to yourself you cannot hide anywhere there's no one to argue with yeah. because you're saying it and it was yeah. just me in the room and I was the only person that recorded it and I was the only person that saw it Mm. There was it's nowhere. To... It only took you the first thirty. So you couldn't watch all of it. So no. it was that powerful. It only took you a few seconds to for it to have an impact. Have you watched it all since? Yeah, I watched it on my year anniversary of being sober, um, and I was bawling my eyes out, mm. and it was like, oh, and it's, oh, yeah, I just, I couldn't. And do you know what? I, I tried, and I thought okay, I just don't love myself. And I, I remember in the first couple of days, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I love you. And it felt so weird and it felt so emotional. And I, and I started crying and I am not a crier at all. Mm. Um, and it was just overwhelming. And because hearing myself say it and, and acknowledging the fact I didn't feel it and and I hadn't for so long and I hadn't been looking after my I mean I think drinking to excess 
is self-harming that that's how I see it that's what I was doing and I I hadn't realized how much it was having an effect on me I really did think I was just getting slurring and I would be a bit more wobbly and sometimes I'd say things or do things that would embarrass myself because I didn't really get hangovers probably because I was always full of alcohol so it doesn't really I used to show off about it but in hindsight it's probably something I should not have been showing off about but you know all of everything my smell my taste I'm so much sharper I thought I'd lose my creativity I was really worried about my work and it's it's the opposite and I'm just like oh my god you know life is so beautiful and I I had never realized how much joy and I sound like an, an old woman reading a gardening manual but actually that sounds rude because I think that's quite cool but you know I just suddenly saw things in a completely different way and and I never had to feel guilt or shame and and with those loads lifted off your shoulder you literally skip down the road and and when you haven't ever felt that before well, when a week you, you you brought up a good point as we used to drink and that I think because we we were scared to feel in the way you feel when you don't have a drink we wasn't comfortable with how we were feeling and you used the drink for so long to mask over over that well, what do I mean? Do you know why you drank? Because I people ask me, and I I think I drank because I was bored. You know, my brain is I wasn't very quick, very quick, and and it's but it's also I feel very much like well, I I've never met anyone like me, and I'm imagining every human feels that way because the stuff that goes on in our heads, you can never jump into someone else's head and experience it, and we are unique. Way I see it is that when we, but me and you both started drinking from a young age. Now, I've always had high anxiety levels, like most people do, probably. But instead of dealing with any any of my emotions, I would drink on every single emotion, whether that was anxious, um, sad, angry, happy, whatever emotion it was, I'd use I'd drink on. So I wouldn't allow myself to feel that emotion for too long because I'd mask over it and d- numb it down. And when I've done that for so long, I was always afraid of any emotion, feeling it for too long. So I used to drink or take drugs to mask over that emotion before it got to our fear. And that's what I think when you stop drinking, you feel uncomfortable in that because then you take away the alcohol and the drug and all you're left with is all these emotions. And you're like, oh, fuck, what do I do with this all? Do you know what I mean? But when you, when you start to understand it and to just go on a little ride of happiness, or a little ride of anxiety or a little ride of sadness you learn that every emotion is only temporary so it's nothing to be afraid of because it will pass like yeah. each emotion will pass after time so once you get it around yeah that, yeah i i think i also wanted emotion i was trying to create excitement and feeling because i was almost numb you know because i didn't have anything of real value in my life. I was not growing. I was still that 14 year old because I hadn't developed, I hadn't developed real interests. I hadn't ever done thing without anything without having alcohol in the evening. And it really does keep you in a corner. Whereas as soon as you start to, it's almost like you can take steps in a new direction. And every time you drink, you go back. So I never was able to get further than the garden path, but suddenly I was able to go out. And because of that, I was almost trying to create 
drama in my brain or emotions or you know if I got injured or there was excitement it was almost like punishment or something and and to be honest I still have not got to the bottom of it you know I'm 16 months sober but I I don't understand because I was so young when I started and I, and I didn't start by having one beer a week and then after a year it turned into a glass I drank as much as I could find from them from as soon as I started drinking it was just fun um 16 months is incredible as well and and just to double check um you this is the first time you stopped drinking and and you, you never even thought about it or tried before I've tried once and I did quite well um but I when I tried before I was really annoyed that I couldn't drink. It was like a punishment to myself. Yeah. So I, you know, go, I'm not allowed to drink because I know if I have one, I'll drink the whole bottle, but I still want to do it. And of course, inevitably, I got bored of it. And I just, I knew that morning I was going to drink that evening, if I'm honest. And I think most people say that, you know, yeah. it's already there. And once you've made the decision, there's nothing anyone's going to well, say. You, and you can you can relapse months before you pick up a drink, they say, don't you? And yeah. That's what happened with me the last time. I relapsed in my head. I didn't drink for three months, but I'd already relapsed mentally. And I learned yeah. that after. It's such an important um, thing. Yeah. Like you have to realize when the relapse is coming on, I think, and nip it in the bud because you can actually. You've got to be honest. You've got to. You've got to be really honest. And that's hard when you've been living this kind of weird double life. The alcohol, it makes you very strange. It doesn't make things clear. And it makes it very hard to know yourself when you drink a lot because your mental state is altered. It's a drug. And, and you know, there are, you know, it really is a drug. And I always used to go, oh, I didn't, I didn't take drugs. You know, all my friends took drugs. I never took drugs. I was just the one person who didn't. Of course I did. Alcohol is a drug and it was so much more dangerous than a lot of the stuff my friends were doing, smoking weed or something. I mean, yeah. it, it's ridiculous, but it's, you know, the second time round I did it and I, I actually didn't covet alcohol. I actually hated it. I was angry at everything I'd given up for this drink that drugged me. And, and I saw it in a completely different way. Yeah, yeah, so mind, I, mindset changed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the, I think that is what's been different for me this time. Well. I found a fellowship, but um, it's the mindset thing. Whereas before, I always felt like I was missing out. Exactly what you just said. Yeah. I feel like I missed out from drinking so much now. And that's the difference. I mean, from feeling like I was missing out when not going out with my friends to then thinking, oh, fuck, no, actually, I missed out years by not getting sober earlier. <laughs> exactly. Know. And you're you're not really you're missing out anyway, aren't you? If you're drunk, the conversations that drunk people have are so boring. I mean, Jack, do you you don't drink either? Um, so well, you do. I, so I do. But I, I don't drink often. Like um, mm -hmm. uh, very, you know, my my experiences with my mental health kind of stemmed from some health anxiety that happened around the time I was sort of 20, 21. Um, right. And I've had a series of kind of massive dips in my life, big depressions, um, but none of them have been drink related. So my, my coping strategy with, with all, all of them would never ever was to turn to drink or drugs. Yeah. Um, for me, drinking was always more of a social thing. And even now, um it's like i drank i had a couple of beers when i finished the london marathon a couple of weekends ago 
Um, but then before that, it was probably two or three months prior at like a friend's leave. Yeah. Oh my God. I... Um, and then before that, it was like a couple of months before like Christmas. Oh, I can't get my head around. I really. can't imagine. I don't, I don't like to talk about it a lot because we get a lot of No, but it's really uh, interesting. Um, yeah. but it's interesting, isn't it? The difference because it's what you're chasing. You weren't chasing escape or to get drunk. No, no, no. no but no, Sam and I... Sam and I obviously were. We wanted that hit of whatever it was for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and and that's why we I didn't care what it tastes like. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and if someone had said to me you can only have one glass, I would have said, I don't want any, because that is yeah. torture. That's, that's how I would have that is the yeah. difference. Me and you and Jack, if we all went for a pint now, one pint that said we're only gonna have one drink. Jack would have one drink and go home. Me and you would yeah. be down the nearest nightclub yeah. until yeah. six in the morning. Yeah, exactly. And then I'd be on the phone to a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, it escalates pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that, so that, true. That, yeah, yeah. That, that is that is that's just that, I, yeah, I get that. You know, from you know the time I've spent with Sam and the people we've spoken to, um, I find it really interesting. Um, you know, for me, um, alcohol was introduced. When I was growing up, when we were just kids, my mum and my stepdad used to drink um, like wine with meals. They, neither of them were big drinkers. My, my stepdad maybe more than my mum, but they introduced alcohol to me and my brother quite young. We'd just have it like every now and again. That'd be like a little treat to have a meal. Yeah. Um, obviously, see, my, I had that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, my, and so I'm my, like, so my, mm, once you've had one and you've then had two, yeah, everything changes. All bets are off. I will do whatever I want. And then that's. What? I've said that. I've said that before. I see myself as two different individuals. And, and when I'm sober, Sam, um, that's got a ring to it. Sober Sam. Sober Sam. Here we go. When I'm sober Sam, though, I, I can think straight. I'm still not the most sensible bloke in the world, but I'm. I'm all right, but as soon as you put one drink or drug inside me, and I am a completely different person, mm. the fun, jokey Sam that you see and everyone loves, <laughs> nearly everyone loves, <laughs> but that but that that person's gone, and 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 when I have a drink or or anything mind altering inside my body, I become a like like it's like a grey cloud over the top of me. I'm fucking horrible person to be around, so I completely, and I'm aware of that, so I can please completely isolate myself from everyone that loves me. I turn, I shut the curtains, turn the fucking lights off, I put softy music on, and I don't speak to anyone, and it just becomes a complete pool. But you weren't, were you always like that when you nah, drank? Because but, I wasn't. I nah. was Russian roulette. It, I it would was, be good fun one day. Yeah, it was progressive. And it, yeah. started off, it started off as light and soul party, and I'd do crazy things, and I really enjoyed it. And 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 I'd go out and everything, and have a laugh with my mates and that. And then as soon as uh, as soon as you smash in the amount of cocaine I was smashing in, it's only going to do one thing. And as soon as I do that, it it completely turns me paranoid, and 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 I, I, that's it. I'm, I isolate myself completely. And that the last three times I've relapsed. It's been exactly the same way, just completely isolated myself. From, and it, it doesn't make sense why we kept doing something when there was so little to gain yeah. and so much to lose. And Jack seems to have it right because he's 
I don't really see the point. I might have a few, but why would I drink? It doesn't give me any benefits. Yeah, because we chased that five percent. I've said it before, and I've re- I and, truly believe that I become addicted to to um, depression as well. I've become so used oh, to that really? emotion. Yeah, I've become so used to that emotion. That was my comfort anchor, and no matter how bad I felt, I was comfortable feeling like that. And any other emotion was that did I didn't sit right with me. So I almost enjoyed the self-pity and, mm. and the obliterating self As well, I suppose, I suppose that links back to that kind of self-harm element mm. to it, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you're constantly putting yourself into that yeah. state of of depression, but you, you're kind of thriving on it almost, mm. or that self-harm kind of thing. Um, Definitely. And it's it's the things you do. You know, I went out for a quiet drink with a friend. Hey, if, who... if this runs out quickly, then we're going to send you another... Oh, we've got nine minutes. So nine if, minutes. It, if it runs out, we'll, we'll send another yeah. one. Okay, sorry. I went, my friend said I'm in this knitting group and, and and can you come along? It's really boring. It's in the town hall. I was like, no, I'm in my pyjamas. I'm not interested. I've got two kids, young kids at home. I don't want to go. I'm not into knitting. I can't even sew a button. Please <laughs> find someone else. And please, yeah. please. So I went to the off license. I bought a bottle of wine. I said, I'll be back in an hour. I ended up, arrested in a police cell for the night i mean wow. that's that how much quickly. a bloody town hall <laughs> and a, some sort of knitting sewing convention with six people it, it it's amazing the trouble i could get into without any help <laughs> yeah what actually happened how did you how did oh, that no. happen what happened was it just it, we got drunker and drunker and then met up with other people and then eventually i i told a policeman to fuck off and it all got a bit messy because my friend was in the gutter couldn't remember where she lived and it was all I mean I didn't really do that he he ended up leaving her and putting me in the police car as well so this girl this woman who couldn't remember her address at sort of 1 30 in the morning in the gutter she couldn't stand up she was wearing heels so drunk he left her and took me off I mean that in itself is quite is bad. Yeah. But still, it was mortifying, and I didn't know my phone. I can phone see number. the headlines now. Naughty knitters knit. <laughs> God, I had to be careful how I said that. I wasn't the knitter. I was <laughs> literally the sidekick with a drink problem who came along and thought, "I'll show you what's cool. This is not cool. Watch this," and then off I went. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 awful. And my husband didn't know where I was. You know, and it, it's like, who does this? What woman in her 40s goes out and, and ends up getting arrested? And it's things like that. And it was almost, it's back to that self-harm. I knew at the time I could sense I was getting into dangerous waters. But it was like, why not? You might do something that's going to get you into a lot of trouble, but you deserve to be in trouble because look at you. And and that that probably will take years of me working working it out. But there is definitely... Either either you like your pity party like you did, Sam, or, yeah. or you don't feel like you're worthy like me. So yeah, when I, catastrophe happens, you're like, bring it on because I deserve it. I because... think also a lot of what happened with ended up isolating myself and it become this pity party and that as well was because um, for a long period of time going out, I was I was doing reckless stuff and and I was getting in trouble with with uh, the police. I, was, I had fights with the police and stuff like that, and it was either going to go one or two ways you know i was going to just yeah. com- completely keep wrecking my reputation or or go to prison or, or if knitting clubs and stuff yeah uh, it get, 
and if I got nicked in the knitting club, I'd this just... this guy, honestly, this guy knitting, me and me, <laughs> honestly, you have no, no idea. Thought I recognised you from somewhere. Yeah. You were at that bloody knitting club. You, you kicked off at me knitting club. <laughs> And I mean, we can laugh now because we're alive and we're not in prison. But it, yeah, it exactly. is—you can't make this stuff up, can you? We drink. We we used to drink until we're blackout and go around. And essentially, your your body has, has is walking around doing stuff, and your mind's not with it. And that is such a scary place to be. Like you, you're getting arrested by telling the copper to fuck off and stuff like that. And I've been nicked for and. Was swinging and stuff, but uh, not swinging. I meant swinging. Swinging? No, no swinging. Like don't edit. That, <laughs> yeah. Don't edit that out. I'm Keep that in. It. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I, I, um, Tell us more. I, I was actually, me and my brother were playing crazy golf once, and it was actually called Swingers, and I tagged us in it, and my nan was like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I meant swinging, like fighting and stuff. And I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's dangerous, whatever. It's dangerous, isn't it? Because yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd wake up with black eyes, cuts on my knuckles and stuff, and I wouldn't have no memory of what had happened. Now, for all I know, you could have actually killed someone. Or, yeah. or someone could have killed me. It's so dangerous. Like, And I don't understand the science. I Maybe one of you two do, but I don't understand what happens when, when you get to a blackout point. But your body basically can't handle the alcohol and it shuts down obviously you can still move but lots of it just goes zoom I'm, I, saw, I can't deal with this I saw a video uh, the other day of Robin Williams talking about it and he said about blackouts and you know he was a comedian and that and he was saying basically a blackout is your body going I'm going to do something stupid in your mind going I ain't fucking hanging around <laughs> so it goes the other way that's true that's true but but it's horrible, you know, it's it's horrible when you wake up and you're you look at your phone and you're like, oh, it's one of those. I'm going to have like a cleanup job to do and apologies. And and then people are like, well, why did you say it? Alcohol's a truth serum. And you're like, it's not actually. And I was probably remembering something that happened a year ago or something at work. And I took it out on. I'm sorry. No, you said it. Explain it. And you're like, not only do I, can I not explain it? I don't even remember what I said. So you're trying to get clues as to what the conversation was yeah. <laughs> so that you can explain what you meant. And it's a pointless conversation. Oh, that it's... dread, isn't it? And, oh, and the, remember... the kind of looking around the room or, you know, and for me, it was, you know, I'd have to sometimes just quickly put my pajamas on in the morning before the kids came in. Cause it's like, I'm still wearing my clothes, you know, like, uh, it, yeah. it's just luckily I don't wear makeup and I never have because I never had that Me whole either. look going on no well <laughs> well there was one time but, at a swingers convention <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's oh, it's shit. the amount of brain time that drinking takes up is phenomenal um thinking about wanting a drink and what's in the house drinking and your mind going off on these bloody tangents that are irrelevant and dangerous mm. phoning people you don't want to speak to deciding you're going to phone an ex-boyfriend because you're bored and lonely and then they're like look just leave me alone <laughs> you're like no oh, oh, you know you all the stuff well, do you remember as well where, where you had a blackout and you can't remember nothing and then you'd be sat there watching crap tv eating crap food and then you'd be like <laughs> 
and something would come back to you, what you'd done the night before, and you're like, oh, no, and then little bits would come back throughout the day, like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then looking yeah. at your phone like that, thinking, oh, no. Well, people loved, love telling me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People love saying, do you remember? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? And and I, because I hated that, and it made me feel so sick, and, and people don't realise how mortified you are, especially if you put on a brave face and sort of go, yeah, whatever, it's so humiliating when you've done something to embarrass yourself that you don't need people saying, oh, my God, do you remember? Oh, how th- did you get home? All right. That's not what they're asking. They want to see how I respond. And I never did that to anyone because I knew what it felt like. But again, I felt I deserve this. I did do that, even though I can't remember it. And I would never do anything. I am a kind person. I'm a positive person. I'm a very empathetic person. You know, I look around and I'll think, can I help someone or can I do something? So for me to do things that are embarrassing, I don't, it doesn't just sort of water off a duck's back for me. It's mortifying because I wouldn't normally do that. So it's just all that crap is gone. And that is what has just made me feel so much better and more confident. No, I want to ask you, you, um, you touched on how, um, like when you were drinking, you didn't have none of your friends kind of said that you they thought you had a problem or no one said that they felt like you need to get help or anything like that. How did that change when you decided to get sober? Like what was the dynamic like with that regular friendship group or those regular peers that you were going out and drinking with? Like how did that relationship change once you got sober? That's a good question. Um, and not one I've ever been asked, actually. Um, I've been asked how people treated me, but... I, it's interesting to think about because I don't have a group of friends I, I never did at school I am a bit of a waif and a stray and I pick people up as I go and I and I stay friends with them but they're not it's very rare that I have like a group of friends mm-hmm. so I've got lots of individual friends who who I would drink with um and I I am good fun and I was good fun when I was a drinker until my sort of great white shark eyes came out and I collapsed and they couldn't pick me up. But I didn't, I didn't really cause that much mischief. I didn't hurt other people. I hurt myself. So they didn't tell me to stop because I was fun. I used to be really generous with buying the drinks because probably because I was drinking quicker and I didn't want to wait for someone else's round. So I would get another round in often. And I'd end up buying twice as many rounds as most people. Um, not that they were stingy. I just wanted to drink quicker. So people never really told me to stop because they enjoyed my company. And also, if you've got one friend who's always going to get more drunk than you, that's quite a handy thing to have because they're always going to be the one people talk about. And you can get off scot-free even though you did end up falling asleep under a tree but Mm. she ended up getting hit by a car so they won't you know it's (laughs) but but when i but this actually happens i was just gonna say you know let's just pretend that happened (laughs) absolutely did happen um but i won't mention any names um but when i stopped i i felt awkward initially and I did not go out for a while because I didn't want to I didn't think about being triggered as much but I just didn't want to go to a pub and and I was just really counting the days and I just wanted to be at home but weirdly a few people made fun of me um and started to try and bring up things I'd done or I remember one person saying to me is it okay if I have another drink Kate do you mind and I was like 
do what you want. Don't you dare make me look bad because I've decided not to drink. I'm still out. I'm driving you home, you know, and, and actually what you're doing is what I used to do, which is sort of making light of it and making fun of it so that it makes it seem like it's okay. Mm. And and I won't take that. And I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a very, not a very timid person. So when someone mm -hmm. says something like that, I will say that's not on, you know, I'm really trying hard. I'm, I'm sitting here, you're drinking. I'm not saying anything negative about that. Don't make fun of the fact I'm not. And I just stopped it. And there were a few people who did that. And quite frankly, the people who had a problem with it were the people that I only was friends with because they drank a lot. Mm. And wherever I went in the world, you know, I went to New York when I was 20 and lived over there because I've got an American passport. And um, I actually remember celebrating my 21st birthday the night before I was 21 because in America obviously you have to be 21 to drink and I said look in England it's tomorrow so I am 21 and I was born in England and they went right you're the first person we've ever legally allowed in underage and it was like yay but you know even there I, I would you can tell and I don't know if you have found this Sam but you move to a new house or or you move you go to a new pub or you go somewhere you can tell the people who are going to be big drinkers mm. immediately who are going to be you turn up at five o'clock on a Friday and with a bottle of wine and they're not going to go oh gosh it's a bit early <laughs> who are going to go yeah open it and and I always found those people because that was me and I would want to to do that so those people had a problem with it and, and I don't really see those people anymore but there's no loss because they don't want to be with someone who doesn't drink and mm. and really we had nothing in common but I have had a lot of support because weirdly, and I was not expecting this, a lot of my friends don't drink that much. I never noticed because I was always drinking so much. <laughs> but I go out now and they'll have one glass of wine for the whole evening and then they'll start drinking something else or they'll say to me, I'm not going to drink because you're not. And actually, I, I've got a lot on tomorrow. That concept was so alien to me. I never, ever ordered a non-alcoholic drink in a pub or a bar in my life. Mm. So I, I didn't notice, but other people don't drink like I used to drink. Yeah, and of course, just some, that. <laughs> and I only realised it about them. So actually, my friends have been really supportive, and a lot of them, I've had, you know, ex-boyfriends, friends I haven't seen since I was 15, message me on Instagram and say, I've just come across your account and thought, I know her, I need to stop you know and it's been amazing because it's kind of like a I can't believe they think I'm someone who could they can go to advice because I've always just been the drinker but so many people are actually not comfortable with their drinking and I was not expecting that I thought it was going to be really difficult and my friends have been great my family are thrilled um so you haven't had they, none of the old oh go on have one have one have one when you first stopped drinking and that I had, I, they didn't think it would last, mm. but no one, but I, I don't, I, you know, as I explained, I, I say what I think and I think yeah, people are always yeah. a bit scared to, to try and bully me because I, I won't be bullied and I'll just yeah, say, why yeah. would you say that to someone who's trying not to drink? I'm very much like that. I would ask them like a child, why are you asking someone who's, who's clearly said they've got a problem with alcohol if yeah, they want people do that, in don't front they? of everyone yeah. and they would be awkward. So people, no, people no do, one has... People do though, don't they? I, mean, I, I had a conversation with my friend who's who's 14, coming up to 14 years sober 
and he's a brilliant bloke as well. I speak to him on the phone all the time and that. And um, and he just hit the nail on the head for me because I just saw. Like I've always told people, I say no once, say no twice, and turn the fuck off on the third time. <laughs> but he just said to me, whenever whenever he gets out, or if he goes to business meetings and stuff, and people go, "Go oh, and have one," why why aren't you drinking now? He just says, "Because I'm happy with who I am today." And yeah. after and after he said that, there's no more questions. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, yeah. it actually makes the other person start to think, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I drinking?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's the problem is that you can sound like you're you know, giving some sort of speech or you're on your higher position talking down, well, it's bad for you, I don't drink, but look at you, you're drinking. And that makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't mind other people drinking. My husband still drinks. It's, you know, I don't like being around drunk people, but alcohol in itself does not trigger me. And I would have no... That's exactly the same. When I went away on the caravan holiday recently, mum and dad would have a pint at the pub and a glass of wine, my brother and whatnot doesn't bother me at all, doesn't even come into my head. When I was at a party at New Year's and everyone was drinking the way I used to, it really triggered me and I had to get out of there. And it's because that's how I used to do it. I can be yeah. around people that drink and just have the one because I'd never drink like that myself, so it didn't trigger yeah. me. But when, yeah, it, when exactly. I'm around people, how I would get on it, I was like, oh, shit, I need to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. And you feel little... the excitement and that buzz and that Yeah, kind of like, and that little gremlin giving... comes into your ear and you're like, go on, have yeah. one. Just have one, yeah. Sam. <laughs> and It'll it's be just... all right. <laughs> yeah. No, it won't. It won't yeah. be one. But it's interesting what you said about your friend because I think if I worked in an office, it would be different. And if I had work dues, but because I work as a freelancer at home... I don't have that pressure because people at work wouldn't understand. I'm honest with my friends, so they they understand it and they're supportive. But people at work, there's that distance and they just want to go out and escape their unhappy lives at home or they don't have homes and they just want to party or whatever. They don't, a lot of them don't know you really, really well. And those are the kind of situations I think that I hear people get pressured a lot, work parties and work evenings and they're like but we've got clients and the whole point is we sit around and we get a bit drunk and then we agree to all these things you've got to drink and it's yeah and and i think would would you agree as well there's some days in sobriety for me and probably yourself where it's really fucking difficult and if you're in that situation constantly it only needs to take one of them weekdays to just think Oh, fuck it, and essentially hit that fuck it button. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. It would, it would be very different. I think a lot of people that. leave. A lot yeah. of people change yeah. their lives drastically when they stop drinking. Yeah. When they, and when it, they assess it and they say, this is making me uncomfortable. Yeah, because you to have change. to take yourself out of certain situations, whether that be at a job or or family members or even friends. Friendship. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I just started Instagram because... At 50 days, I thought I need more of a community, more of a support. Otherwise, I'm going to get bored and and I need other people around me who are going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I set it up. I didn't know how to use Instagram. I I don't have any other social media. And I am quite a creative person. I've worked in the creative industries. So I'm, you know, I can piece things together. I'm a writer, so I can just... And I started talking about my documenting my journey and I found that Instagram for me was like therapy because I have probably 10 or 15 ideas a day of posts of reels and I 
can whip my phone out. I don't post 15 times a day, by the way, Jack, before you I do. say anything. But um, <laughs> This guy, let me three, tell you. Four. Well, let Real me tell you something about this guy. <laughs> three, yeah, I wouldn't know because I blocked him because he posts so much. Yes. Yes. I haven't really, Sam. You wouldn't be the first, you wouldn't be the last. <laughs> I have done that. But yeah, I found I really... um. And, and I find it quite easy to do and it's quick and it's me getting something out there and it provokes yeah. conversations. And I just thought once I hit a year, I thought I would like to do a podcast. There's so much to talk about. Podcasts really helped me in the first six months. I listened to so many and hearing other people be honest was like a hug. It was like, and I knew I wasn't alone. A lot of people say it was amazing to know I wasn't alone. I knew I wasn't alone because I've got eyes and I could look around and I can see how many people on a Friday and Saturday night are walking around. I know lots of my friends drink a lot, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't know the stories and the honesty and the compassion and the empathy really hit me. And I thought, I love this community, this, this group of people and they are so cool because I thought sober was going to be so boring. Um, and it was amazing to see people who I genuinely went, I really would love to meet them for a coffee. And that filled me with this kind of hope of life is going to be okay because look at them. If they're sober and they look and they talk and they do all this stuff, look at them, then I'll be okay. And it was it was great. So I just wanted to give something back really. And I'm a chatterbox and my co-host Steph is, is in the States and she interviewed me on her podcast and I just said to her you know I, I'm thinking of doing this what do you think and we got talking and then the result was let's try it together and I, and I just think it works really well because we're quite different yeah. yeah I love that and it, it is good to have a co-host I am thinking about going solo um <laughs> it's funny I mean I'm thinking the same thing huh <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, We're joking, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're a good it it's nice when there's two of you because it's it's more interesting, especially when people are, are willing to be honest. And you've obviously got very different experiences and you've got you come from two different so you can cover all bases, can't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, no, we're we both with very different backgrounds and both got very different experiences, but um the same sort of passion for it as well. Conversations in this format. Yeah. where it's with people who have been through things but have managed to sort yeah. of turn it around and, and make a positive out of it or, or change their lives and that. I get such yeah. such enjoyment out of it and um, I very much agree with you when it comes to kind of Instagram. I think it's a, um, it's a, it, it's, it just adds to my life, really. There's there's an element there where I can connect pe with people um, from all over the world with kind yeah. of joint interest on something me personally i use it as like a like an archive because i i've always lived my life by wanting to achieve things and is that a journal um, yeah yeah uh, i've yeah i've always wanted to achieve things and set challenges and the ch and get goals and things like that and then i catalog it all so it's like an archive i can look back yeah. and you know places yeah. i've been and things i've done and um, it's a modern way of journal yeah in everything that yeah that's true and and I think your point about talking to people and being able to use that at work, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. I mean, show me anyone who would sit at a table in a cafe and there's people having an in-depth conversation nearby who aren't listening in. It, people love hearing other people's stories, whether it's 
fascination, whether they're going to learn something and, you know, and, and the problem with mental health and addiction is exactly what Sam said earlier. You can get very comfortable in that dark, dangerous cocoon. And actually, unless someone else shows you a brighter, more interesting and appealing place in the distance, you are not going to have you don't want to get up and go and that's you cannot do this unless you want to do it everyone knows that you have to want it or it will fail so by listening to other people by learning oh that makes sense that would work they're tools that will help other people and sometimes i will say one thing and i will get a message two months later from someone saying since i heard that one thing or saw that one post i have not had a drink mm. i'm like what but it goes and, and it goes around and you keep doing it as well, doesn't it? Like, it really like, does. It really I, does. And I, I just sometimes think get more... people say to me, "I why do you post so much?" Which I can understand. Like, and family members and and friends like joke about with me and I banter going, "Oh, he's posting again," which is fair enough because they see it from me posting yeah. constantly, but they don't yeah. see the messages that I get from people. Yeah. And, and the inspiration of why I'm posting yeah, again makes it worth it. Yeah, it? because you get it does, and you can built. scroll by. Yeah. You can yeah. scroll by, but listen, one person might see that post, and it can change their life. So and, keep and posting. There's, there's also, even though people are, are getting on sobriety and everything, every single day there's someone falling into addiction again. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's yeah, a sadly, circle. yeah. So yeah, I think um, when you get to a certain point, you just want to keep doing it to inspire other people and. And I love I love hearing them little victory and getting them yeah. messages and that. But like like you say, you when you posted this, I haven't um, I haven't had a drink since now. I just think wow. And then when you look deeper into it, when you look at their pictures, and they've got a picture there with with a missus or a partner and, and kids. kids kids and everything. Not only has that changed their life, it's changed yeah. their life as well. Yeah. And it's changed the people, the taxi drivers they're not shouting at, or yeah. the person in A&E who isn't stitching up their knee. You know, yeah. it is, the knock-on effect is vast. And that's what... Just to clarify, was... is, is that you again? Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the taxi driver the and the knee. Safe... <laughs> the world's a safe place now. You're welcome. Oh, that's weird. But, but it's true. <laughs> It's true. And it's like, I always say, you know, it's not just the fact you didn't drink today. That's not just the win. It's all the things that didn't happen. And, and never forget that. It's the arguments. It's the accidents. It's the mistakes. It's the sickness, the hangovers. It's the saying things you don't mean, falling out with people. That's a whole nother level of things. It's the ripple effect. We, that's, what, that's what we've yeah. said on here before. There's a ripple yeah. effect. And when you're in a negative and, and, like dark place it has a negative dark ripple effect but when you're in a positive and happy place it, it has a ripple effect with light do you know what i mean yeah so, yeah absolutely thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us i love you're very that. welcome I, I love our chats and I, and I think we should do another live again soon but we'll, whenever we'll you want to sam yeah. i'm always here well i i you know i go to the the random club <laughs> no knitting clubs i hope <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah so, let's do it. Thank you for asking me. I really, I know I'm filling in for someone else, am I or not? No, not at all. No. That was really. It was like last minute. I'm like, who's dropped out? No, 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 no it's no. just me being lazy. Okay. <laughs> 
was meant to ask you about a week before. But, okay. <laughs> but no, thank you very fine. much thank for coming you. on and sharing your story. And um, yeah, no, it was lovely to meet you. Yeah. You too. And um, I'll be in touch soon. God bless. Brilliant. Brilliant.